Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Reductopocephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you tonight by the delicious, the delightful, the deadly, Deadly Grounds Coffee. I am your host. My name is Parasite Steve Van Blamire for the evening, and you're going to call me that or, or else. Um, and with me tonight are, are my cohorts. Uh, we have Larry Blamtendo. Holy cow. It's the toast of the town. It is. It's you. It's you, Blamtendo. And our other buddy, the irreverent, the puckish, 8-bit Blamire. What are you fixing to do with that pig sticker? Oh, you're going to find out what I'm going to do with this pig sticker. Let me tell you what. It's going to happen. Um, but not yet. That's a later sort of a thing. Uh, tonight, on this very hotly anticipated episode of The Brig, we have a returning guest for y'all. He, uh, he happens to be one of our favorite humans. He's a writer, a director, actor, playwright, author, illustrator, cartoonist, absurdist, humorist, doer of all the sciences, here to defend his dissertation on the existence of ancient giant heads and why they walk on their beards, why it's none other than Larry Blamire. Hey, Larry. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, but I'm in a brig of some kind. How? Help me. Oh, I see. Help me. Spock, I'm, help me. I'm glad Spock. you noticed. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm glad you noticed that because, you know, I have to say, so, you know, obviously we slammed you in there. We kind of sort of forceful when we, when we hogtied you and threw you slammed down there. Slammed the blam iron. Uh, yeah, we blammed that door. That was a, that was a loud mm -hmm. kind of a blammy sound. You know, we did spend, I will say, we spent about half the day cleaning up the gray water from last week when the pipe burst and we had Richard Thomas on and all that good stuff. So that was, that took a while. And I do hate to say this on the air, but I think the mutant might have got in there because there is scat all over the place. Mute scat? So I think I think you might just want to make sure you keep your shoes on. You got it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's freaky. I'm, I'm glad to know that. Been... Oh, no. God, he stepped right into the Oh, right in the scat. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll, we're just going to power through. We're going to power through the... the the pseudo jazz, it'll be fine. How are we doing so far? Are we doing all right? Oh, we're doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Okay. Um, as long as you don't have any open wounds, I mean that scat will get in and it will infect. Okay. That's the problem. It's an infectious <laughs> scat. <laughs> so the the first time, this is your second appearance on the show. So welcome back. We appreciate you coming back. Thank you. The last time we had you on, it was uh, to celebrate the twentieth anniversary of 
a movie I like to call The Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. Oh, that's weird. I call it that, too. I like to call it that movie, too. Yeah, that's yes. Whoa, the catchy title. That's so cool. It's it, Larry, it's catching on. Was yeah. it the 20th anniversary? Was it the, I, I think so. I think we had you on a, at like 2001, and it was the 20th anniversary because it was when you had the uh, lunchbox was coming 2021, out. not 2001. Thank I you. mean, 20... 2020, 2021. Yes. 2001 freaked me out. Okay. 2001, I was 10. <laughs> that was a space odyssey. That's a different whole different yes. odyssey. So, yeah. 2021 would have been the right the 20th anniversary. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was that was the last time. I'm just refreshing everybody's memory. You yeah. remember? I know you remember. Bring us all Welcome up back. Today. Welcome back, everybody. And we we talked a lot about your movies, which include as well the Lost Skeleton Returns again, the Trail of the Screaming Forehead, and of course Dark and Stormy Night. Uh, but tonight we are going to uh, choose a different tact. Uh, we're actually going to aim our atmospherium detectors at some different elements of the man, the myth, the person who some call Big Larry Blamo. <laughs> do they? Give me, uh, uh, some you know, people was, do. We've never met them, but some people call you that. I do get called Blam. I have friends who call me Blam. What? They call me Mr. Blam. <laughs> Blam's just a great onomatopoeia. You know, it's, it's, it's very Blam. Yeah. Blam. Well, I think I still I, I still am waiting for you to invent the toy company Blamo. Oh. oh. Well, I mean, wasn't Blamo <laughs> already? Aren't they the company that uh, makes Blamo. water balloons? Blamo. Oh, yeah, Blamo. So he needs Blamo. to he needs to do Blamo. 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 Yeah. Blamo. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm following you. Yeah, Larry. Uh, we'll, so we'll tell us, there. what are we'll you waiting there. for? Why why haven't Blamo toys been put on the map? Uh, that's a good question. It, you know, why should their non-existence keep them off the market? Exactly. exactly. That's never stopped anything before that's, from existing. That's always the big question. The non-existence yeah. is something. People are prejudiced against things that are non-existent, I think, because they won't buy them. It's just not fair. Right. They don't even yeah. hardly acknowledge them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't they don't hardly. They don't even hardly acknowledge the things that don't exist. They don't. Jerks. People are jerks. They're the worst. Um, but Larry, you're you're here to talk about a few different things. One of which is uh, a new book. Uh, it's a it's a it's a light coffee table read. Um, called called Still at Large. And uh, when we were originally going to have you on, it was about a month ago. Um, and then, like you know, I don't know, some bullshit with aliens happened, and you, you couldn't come on. And and uh, and uh, you know, at that time, this this book had like really recently come out, but now it's really recently plus a month, which is still fairly still recent. Still valid. Mm -hmm. right. Yep. It still has that new book smell. I can smell <laughs> it, especially if you buy a new one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then the, you know what? The new ones always have that new book smell. The new books always do. Why is and that? And if you buy a used hmm. one that has the new book smell, you know they never used it. Mm. And the, see, the problem is that you can't get an old book with the new book smell. And if if they could figure out a way of getting that to market, that's what I would like. Hmm. Same. It's like the you. It's like the air fresheners for cars that are new car smell, but they don't smell mm -hmm. like a new car. It's, they smell like a new car air freshener. It's a good idea. It's bad imp implementation, really. Right. Yeah. But yeah. so, still at large, Larry. Um, this book is the follow up to your 
Uh, yeah. I'm not sure when it came. A couple years ago, you put out Johnny Russet. He don't like no fried food. Yeah. And uh, of course, one of my favorites. I didn't know you came with raisins. One of the best titles of all time. Um, yeah, that was really old. That was like that was from like 2008 or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and th those were a little different. And 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 I, I kind of broke out. Those were like I was I was drawing very carefully, and it was like mm -hmm. really super clean line work. And I was like, no, I, I don't. It was just too much like work. So I. Uh, when I when I when I when I'm just doodling, I'll just do these sketchy cartoons, and I realize that you know I kind of like them that way, and I yeah. can do more of them and faster. And so, uh, Johnny Russell, you don't like no fried food, came out. And when I when that book came out, I was still like I was still coming up with them. They were still coming because you're in that mode, you know. They're still coming. Yep. And next thing I know, I got another book. What do you know? I got another book. So, um, it's a book. It's another book, and it's still at large. And uh, and and thank you for mentioning it. And it's um, available. And, and and these are you know these are kind of the stupidest cartoons I can come up with. I mean, I, I was I, I I've talked to you before about my my favorite word, stupid. I like if it's stupid, it passes the test. You know. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, they're fun. I have a, a lot of fun doing them. And they're really just, you know, a lot of them are like this far from being a doodle, really a glorified doodle. But um, there are some that I spend more time on, a little more intricate. You know? yeah. 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 You know, it's it's insane to me because <clears throat> following you and your career for as long as I have, it's like you get on these kicks and you you just you just run with whatever the current thing is that's going through your head. And you do like such a, a prolific amount of whatever it is. And like I'm talking about like the blammery terms as well, where you just like fill like three volumes of fake oh, yeah. words. I don't know how anyone it's could do that. Work. And these you have three books now, if you count all three of them as a similar project anyway. <clears throat> It's one drawing per page. These are like solo panel cartoons. There's around 475 of them. If you because I like took the page counts and then left, you know, took out about 10 pages or so for like title pages and whatnot. Uh, but about 475. 200 per book. Sorry to interrupt you there. 200. Yeah, 200 per book. And um, so that's 400. And then I've got, I don't know, I think I did like another 100 that are going to be in the next one. Oh, insane. So, yeah. That's it's awesome. kind of crazy. So the, the question is, where the heck does all this come from? Like, you you sit down and you you just like start to doodle like you just said. You're just, your hand is doing the, doing the first bit of the work. And mm -hmm. then you kind of come up with like a joke to go with it. Or like, wh what happens? How do you come up with so many of these? It started... Um, it started with uh, me kind of doodling on some of them, but almost all of them were the phrase or the, the, the caption, whatever you want to call it, came mm -hmm. first. And in fact, I will, you know, I'll be walking along and I, you know, a couple come to me and I'll record them on my phone. And I mean, it's just they come to me all the time. The problem is only maybe one out of four are worth using because I'll go back. <laughs> I, I have done I have done a Seinfeld where I look like, oh, the one in the middle of the night. Here's that one I, uh, in the middle of the night. That's not funny. <laughs> That's <laughs> not, not why, stupid why you, enough. Why do you write that down? <laughs> yeah, I, and, and sometimes I'll look at the, my notes and, I, and I'm like, I have no idea what I said. 
what was that? What did that mean? I have no, no frame of reference. So my point is that not everyone makes it to the book. Not gotcha. everyone makes it to a sketch. Yeah. But the ones that pass muster, mister, yes, sir, I'm, I'm drawing them up. Those just the right amount of stupid. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think just yeah. the right amount of stupid could be the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah, I think right. so. I don't know if it will be. Yeah, this episode could be. Could be. We don't want to be right right. that we that we believe Larry to be stupid. I would, do, yeah. I was also know kinda, that you're... <laughs> dare, dare to be Larry. Dare to be Larry. That's dare that's also stupid. good. Or Lair to be stupid. Oh, Lair to be stupid. Oh boy. <laughs> now it really sounds like we're insulting him. Mm. I don't know. Probably just end up calling it flapjacks and funny pages or something. Um so yeah, so almost five hundred drawings between these and like <clears throat> you see you start to see a pattern and i know that this is not the easiest book to describe to a listening audience uh because it is it's very visual the whole thing is cartoons and you really just got to check it out this book is hilarious all three of them are hilarious i absolutely suggest going back and starting with i didn't know you come you came with raisins i love that book so much well, um you. Yeah, I mean, just there's there are ones I just go back to from that one that just never left me. Dogs not understanding perspective is my favorite of all, but um, <laughs> that that one is super funny. I remember you showing me that. Just one. absolutely like kills me. Right. Um, it's, it's so brilliant. right. So like, but you so you start to see like a pattern with the types of cartoons that you have in these, and like you know, it's some of them are like just a simple pun or it, it's partly a pun and other ones just, I don't know what's going through your head. Like I'd like, like, so I, I'm going to reference three different ones that you've shared on your, on your uh, Facebook page. Um, and I, I think a lot of them, if it's not a pun, a lot of them tend to be like almost what you do with the blamery terms where you're not creating a new phrase you're creating a new definition for an existing phrase, something that has been said, but you turn it on its head and make it mean something different that it could technically mean also, if you look at the actual verbiage there. And one of the ones that I, I just love so much is uh, the, the same one that Mr. 8-Bit Blamire earlier he mentioned, which is, oh. is uh, two very hardened cowboys. And one of them is holding up a, a small two-dimensional cutout of a pig and he says what are you fixing to do with that pig sticker <laughs> and, and of course I, it's less violent than it would probably have meant in a traditional western yes yes it, it, right. it is indeed and uh most there there are um yeah there are a number of puns in these there are puns but it can't just be a pun regular pun to me it's got to be one that is really like ludicrous kind of and and so but more than puns are the malaprops those the malaprops are my friends i mean those are the ones and that, it's like things that were mistakenly heard you know okay um yeah can you give us an I, example I, my, my favorite malaprop was someone who i remember saying to me um um yeah the guy was flying in a paper cup I mean, a Piper Cub. And that was just the image was uh -huh. just was just perfect. And that and the malaprops are really like they, they make up a lot of the uh, substance of these cartoons, I think. Things that were as if things were, were mistakenly heard. And, and, 
yeah very soon yeah i i could totally see that and it's funny because like me and my wife like we'll just be like you know goofing around or saying stuff and a lot of times we trip over our own words and then i have a habit of always like like referencing things that she miss said because i think they're just really funny and so it's like that that malaprops like that you've take you take and you kind of like immortalize them in a cartoon in a way it's like it's just sort of become like one of our like in jokes is like oh right. like you you know that one time you ordered a, a a shamrock shake from mcdonald's but you said a shamrake shock and so every time we go to mcdonald's now it's a shamrake shock like <laughs> like you have now created this is a new term and you don't get to go back to the old way right like it's a shamrake shock now right. so like that kind of stuff i love and that's something that i think people always have in their lives but right. don't really give a lot of time or credit to like you don't you don't take a second to really yeah, nobody talks about, like about how right yeah. right nobody talks about these and I'm like no everybody has these you know and uh, and i think that's a really awesome thing to kind of distill yeah. into your comics um it makes them really funny and it, and it does like just what are you fixing to do with that pig sticker does almost feel like you heard someone wrong or like you 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 misspoke and it also sounds more aggressive than it is you know because when you see the picture, you're just like, it's literally just a guy asking, like, what are you going to do with that sticker? Of a pig? Like, <laughs> right, like, exactly. but it's like, it's, it's got so much aggression behind it. You know, it's like, what are you yeah, fixing that, to do with it? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just really And funny. it made him look a bit, uh, made him look a bit scruffy. Right. Yeah. You know, kind of like the revisionist Western outlaw types there. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. So I there's do an love. element, you know, they, they, they appear like they'd have an element of danger. But yeah. <laughs> I, I gotta say, Larry, like for, for you know, being such a, a multifaceted, you know, creator like that you are, um, I am always just super impressed with all of the paintings and all of the artwork and stuff that you do mm. and you post on Twitter and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Um, you know, obviously like the the Steam Wars stuff for a long time has just been like really, really interesting to me. Obviously, I, I look forward to the day when that can all come together. Um, but you know, I, just seeing the cartoons and stuff that you draw, it's like you know, you say like they're sketchier, they're more like a doodle and stuff like that. But I'm like, they're like, I don't know, they're they're really high quality, like you know, drawings that feel of a time that we don't have anymore. Like you don't see cartoons come out that look like the Far Side anymore. Mm. You don't see stuff that looks like that. People just don't draw that way. And I feel like you have this really awesome, like classic art style. Like it came out. To, you know this year and uh i just i really really like it you know your your art style is great um but but i think one of the things i wanted to to drill down on is you know i i i see a lot of your your tweets and i love i love all like the nonsensical movie names that you 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 know shoot out you know movies i'll never see twice because i ain't seen them once have you have you ever thought about doing like mock movie posters for some of these you know as a way to kind of you know, channel some of the cartoonist stuff that you've also been doing. Yeah, I ha I actually have a lot of that, but it's uh, see if I go to work on a movie poster, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a long time. And right, you're gonna it, make it like gorgeous. I, I I tend to be a perfectionist. The the book I did of um, imaginary comic book covers. Uh, yep. which is great Scott. Larry's Larry Blamer's imaginary. Yeah, Great Scott. That's it. That's the name. Thank you. Um, I really like. I really labored over those to try to get them to look like you know old school comic book covers. And yeah. and uh, I know with movie posters, I would. I it would be a dangerous thing for me. I, I think it would become 
become my life's work or something, you know? And, it, right. and also I think that um, for, for a lot of these, it's like, I hear the title, you see the title, it's amusing, but the title is the gag. And so it almost, I wonder if having a picture with it would, it might be better for us not to have a picture in our mind, to, to have it in our mind. Yeah. What the heck could this be? As opposed to seeing, seeing it later. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, That's a good true. point. It's almost like yeah. going over the line. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuck the landing and then you, you went too far. We're almost like explaining right. the joke, right? Like, you know, yeah. it's, right. it's, oh, yeah. Right. To draw the whole thing is almost explaining the joke of the title right. of, you know, my best wins friending or, or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the lance above the junket right like there's just some of these that are so like you like the fun of them is just thinking about them and being mm -hmm. like i don't know yeah. yeah and i think that i think that what makes a blamire title or uh character character name this is something we talked about extensively the last time you came on talked about your love of creating these crazy character names i think that you have this innate ability to find the music in whatever it is you're doing. So with a character name, it, it it's always going to it's always going to feel good when you say it. There's always going to be a Trufinubin, Reet Pappen. You know, there's these fun names, you know, yeah. Bentavegetantis, you know, I mean, it's like these, these, these names are just fun to say. And I think that's something that I find to be true with all of your fake movie titles that you post as well. It just like what was the one you just said? The lance above the junket. <laughs> yeah, the lance above the junket, and like, and sometimes they're just words that you wish you yeah. got to say more often. Right. Like, like, you don't really, like, no, it's people don't say junket enough. No, <laughs> no, not nearly enough. It is severely <laughs> underused. I think there's pudding and there's a press outing, right? I mean, there's, yeah, press that's, junket. That's, junket. That's all I right? ever hear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, junkets yeah. never make it to market. That's the problem. I You're know. right about the names, and I, I, I of course, I, I. I I do love coming up with names, but they, but they do have to roll. They have to roll. Yeah. Roll. Trippingly on the tongue, I believe. Trippingly. I don't even know. Trippingly sounds like a stumble, so I'm not sure if that's even right. But I know, I know that almost sounds like oh, it's it's trippingly, like it, it makes awkward. you no. stumble. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> it's it the should, opposite of that. It it should have it should have a nice uh, a nice easy sound, you know, to like Burling Famish Junior, you know, sort of. It, yeah, you know, yeah. Of, uh, Sebastian Fanmore just sound, and, and I, I like him to sound natural. Like you had, I, I wanted to take a few seconds to go. Wait a minute, that that's not anyone's name ever. Um, <laughs> just, you know, this should sound right at first. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I love, I love it. Uh, it's like you question, you make the the reader or the person viewing the thing or whatever you make us question at all times if what we heard was what we heard because a lot of times it is very very close to something real like mm -hmm. the sabasha sabasha is that a real name and you know you're like is that is it sabasha it's like it has elements of real names right <laughs> is it like <laughs> and like those titles are exactly it's, it's exactly just movie stupid titles. enough it's right. it's so close like they're yeah. all just just frankenstein pieces of other real things even if right. they're just syllables and, and, and uh, look at, if you look at truth and Nubin, you mentioned him from from tales from the pub it you know can be if you look at it you just two changes and it's truman newman 
those are actual names, Truman, Newman. But it's you right. know it's just just right. just change those two letters, and it's, mm -hmm. and it's something yeah. different and weird and creepy. So. Right. Yeah. And the I mean, Burling, Burling, Famish, like Famish, is somehow the most perfect fake fancy pants name but a real name but a real word you know it's like it's like i'm famished but like it sounds very very pro very like proper yeah I, uh, yeah that i think I that's a, that is the beauty of it is like absurdity is just beyond normalcy it's like mm -hmm. all it takes is a little little wrinkle in in something mm -hmm. normal, and and you have absurdity. And, and then you have the ones that. where you just flex like Doctor Van Von Vandervon. You're just yeah. like ah, right? Uh, you're like fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ben. I think Benta Vegetantis is another one of those flexes, though. Uh, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so just a couple more I want to mention with still at large. Uh, there's one that you posted. There's these two housewives and they're cooking and they turn around and there's this just gigantic square, like drippy creature behind them. And the, the caption says, cooking always goes better with butter pat. Oh, yeah. Butter pat. Butter pat. Butter why pat. Didn't, why it's didn't scenario. the butter industry ever latch on to butter pat? This it's it's have a mystery. A enormous. Have a mascot. Sweaty pat of butter. <laughs> who just, who just, you know, pats his hand on your shoulder and goes, you know, like, the, like Jolly Green Giant level of mascot. Why, why does butter not feel the need for that? And pat, pat of butter fascinates me. Actually, pat of butter, pat a pat of butter. It's and then they don't they come between two little pieces of paper, two squares of paper, right? And you've got this little square of butter between two squares of paper, and that is. That isn't that what is officially a pat of butter? I think yeah, so. Right? Yeah, I mean, or, so. or if you just take the stick of butter and you just cut like you know one, yeah, one little. little. But yeah, usually yeah. they're wrapped in foil. I foil, feel like yeah. you know you get them in the little foil. Oh wrap. sure, yeah, yeah, in foil. Mm -hmm. But in um, I think it's in restaurants that it's in sometimes in just little two little elegant little pieces of paper. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, pat yeah, pat of butter should have. Like the Land of Lakes uh, lady there, you know, mm. Pat Butter would have been a great mascot. I think. I think. And he could have been Irish, obviously. You're like, oh, yeah. you're gonna butter. put your butter. Yeah. You're gonna put yeah. my butter on your bread. Butter. And he could sell yeah. lucky charms too. Buttery <laughs> <laughs> charms. This does actually remind me of. Uh, obviously, Larry, you're familiar with the Tick, uh, the the '90s uh, cartoon show of the Tick that was on I Fox. Love this show. So good. There was uh there was an episode where he fought the breadmaster and he was this evil baker. <laughs> and uh the breadmaster did have a sidekick called Buttery Pat. No, really? He yes. did. It was he was uh he was a little melty butter guy. Um and oh, he was wow. not a giant square, but um yeah, if you look up buttery pat. Not a giant is. sweating scary sweat. Oh, he was sweating. He was. he was sweaty, but not that yes. <laughs> So I mean, when I when I when I look at your butter pat, Larry, like butter pat. I don't know if you're familiar with any of like the Japanese horror manga. Uh, like, there's this one author, Junji Ito, and he has this very like visceral, disturbing style of drawing. And he, I mean, he's been around for a while, but like, butter pat fits in with like this Whoa. this kind of 
almost horror-esque depiction with his squinty eyes and the drippiness. And it's like, he's very visceral. <laughs> and it's like, he's drawn in such a different style than the women in front of him, too. It almost feels like he's like this this invader from another <laughs> another genre. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanted to keep them clean and cartoony, you know, right. so cartoony yeah. and nice. And he's got all the model details. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah it's awesome. So funny. So we have, we have a like a, I don't know if that is that a, like a pseudo pun with Butter Pat. We've turned him into a character. I don't maybe maybe that's not a pun. Like I'm not sure what, what that is. Pat o Butter? No, it's just um, uh, it's uh, it's what, what's that term for when you humanize animals? Anthropomorphize. Um, yeah, there should be a similar one for dairy products. <laughs> okay, I'm sure, that, I'm sure it He's fits. Provide for uh, answer. Anthrop what? What is it again? Anthropomorphize. Yeah, and it's an anthropomorphic. Like if it's, yeah, if it's anthropomorphic. 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 So how would you do that with, with dairy products? I don't know. We'll work on it. <laughs> and then we have the uh, the the pig sticker one is kind of like an example of like you coming up with a different like a brand new definition for something else that already exists, a line that already you would say, what are you going to do with that pig sticker? Meaning something yeah. to stab with, and you've got given it an actual sticker. And yeah. then you have this one, which is these two, like, I don't know, persons riding like unicycles on a, on tracks and their heads are connected oh. via cables uh, to their helmet. And it just says in the future, we'll all be trolley heads. And this is the other sort of uh, category that I find these illustrations in these books to be, which is um, <clears throat> uh, you leave me questioning whether or not I'm getting the joke. And then I start to question whether or not there is a joke. And then I start to feel like you, you, you got me because that's the point of it. <laughs> right. I feel like, God damn it, Larry, you made me think there was a, there was a reference here and there is no reference. It's too stupid. It's nothing. That's right. That's right. You're right. Let me tell you, I, I put the abs in absurdity. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he likes to flex. I'm flexing the absurdity. And it's, um, it's, that's exactly right. It doesn't mean anything. And it, it, um, to me, that came, they came to me as an image of, um, and I, I, I don't know why I was, you know, I grew up in, in the Boston area, so I, I'm, you know, it was they, for you. I don't know if they still have those trolley buses that go around with the trolley things, but they do have, but they had the trolleys too, right? So, mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I don't know. I just got the image of a, of people. Um, what they connect that that the trolley thing to the cable overhead and they yeah. power themselves that way. And it's the stupidest idea ever. And, <laughs> and it's, it's one of those things that it's not really, you know, futuristic. It's a really dumb futuristic. It's not, you know, <laughs> right. it's, there's no advance right. there. And to call them trolley heads just sounds like it would catch on. I don't know. But it is, it <laughs> right. really didn't mean anything. Right. 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 So, but <clears throat> that's kind of what I, you know, eventually came to that conclusion, right. you know, but, it, but there's always that moment. There's that like period of me going, uh, and you know, another one, the under, the under piano also gets me. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. still am not sure if I'm not, if I, am I missing That's something? Real. That's a real thing. Is it? Okay. Oh, I'm kidding. God, <laughs> God damn it. Now, ah, uh, yes. Got him. Right. Now, Man now you got me even worse because I'll never know and I'll always question it. 1894, a lot of people had it in their basements. They had underpants. 
It just sounded pianos, yes. It was. Nice. It, it sounded better. The, the sound was better. The people upstairs couldn't hear it. It was, it was really. I mean, <clears throat> the nails were very expensive. You had to use a special uh, <laughs> special nails to get those grand pianos yeah. to stick. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that is a little bit of rundown of your book, Still at Large. Uh, very fun book. Uh, it's a great book to just kind of have on have on the coffee table or something like that. Read through a few. Um, put it down, savor it, uh, or, you know, binge the whole thing in 25 minutes and read it again tomorrow. It's, it's really, uh, it's really fun. I, I, I've enjoyed all three volume. I like, I, th I feel like they're all similar enough to be yeah, sure, sure. one trilogy, type of, you know? Yeah. yeah. Obviously yeah. you just had to, and, you know, I, it makes me think back. It's so funny that you've <clears throat> gotten it down to a science now because I, I remember the forward that you wrote for, I didn't know you came with raisins and in there, you were, you talked about how you had done these quote unquote things forever, and you would just show them to your friends. And you're like, I didn't know what to call them. I didn't know if they were cartoons. I didn't know if they were, you know, just drawings or sketches. They were just these weird things I did. Yeah. <laughs> and right. to think that, and at that time, it felt like this was you getting it out of your system. I'll scan all the old things I did, and then years later, you you decided to go back, and now you have. A fourth volume on the way. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. pretty crazy. Uh, yep, sometime fairly soon. Although I'm, you know, I'm sort of caught up in another thing now. But, but, awesome. uh, but at some point, anyway. Yeah, I have the cover. I already have the cover for the next one. Nice. nice. Of course you do. Nice. Like I wish I could say I'm surprised. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Look at my. This is my. This is my not surprised face. The cover probably came first. Like you said, yeah, the image, so, the absurdity. Uh, I do Joe? have a I do have a question. Sure. Um, so regarding like you know uh, your artwork and everything, so you have your 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 quotes that you come up with. Do you have an image in your head that goes with the quote and says, "Okay, this would be funny. I'm going to try to draw it." And how many times do you draw it until you're satisfied with the outcome, with the, with the final product? Oh, true. Do you like go with? Do you always like? nail it on the first try but it, maybe not but it's a good concept or something you keep going uh, i draw these digitally so it's pretty easy and i and I'll, I'll sometimes draw in layers most of them uh they are fairly simple and i'll just i will i will draw it out and and uh um you know and then you know and tweak some stuff and and that's about it there is occasional uh there's an occasional one where um, I have to, I find I have to sketch it in. Some of them are a little more realistic in the drawing. Hmm. Um, like the one, um, what's this, the one where they're playing a stupid sport? See, I don't read my own books. I put yeah. it <laughs> And, uh, but, but, um, this is a little more delicate line. And this, this, these guys playing an obscure 1920s sport and they're, they're colliding and whatever. And, um, I'll, I'll sketch it in first and then put a layer over it as if I'm kind of, kind of the way an anchor goes over pencils. And, and, uh, and so some of them require a little more work, but most of them, I, I really do. I mean, well, some of them, are, I mean, so fast. I, I, I think there was one day where I actually just did, you know, I did six of them, which wow. I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like many in a way, but, but it, it, it um that's that's, is, a, that's a lot, that's a lot. you know like yeah, one a on a day would be you know satisfying yeah like one would be like okay i'm good with one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a day like geez uh, the image um 
usually when I get the phrase and jot it down, I've had an image, an image sort of came with it, you know, it conjures an right. image, and that's why I wrote the phrase. So yeah. if that makes sense. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Nice. And you know, you mentioned um that you're working on something now that's kind of preventing the next volume from coming out. And uh, might I be so bold as to presume that this something is Flapjack Alley? Well, a cat's sure out of the bag now, isn't it? <laughs> hey, what was that cat doing in there anyway? Isn't that animal cruelty anyway? That's terrible. Um, that's terrible. Yes. And uh, now I, I missed your show because, you know, you, you, you were uh, all kidding aside. I, I had COVID, and uh, and it, oh, we now, missed you too, Larry. We missed just, you. Too. <laughs> just when uh, we were scheduled to do the show, I think. Anyway, that uh, the first week was 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 pretty tough, and then after that, it wasn't too bad. But um, in the early day, in the early days there, I had a sleepless night, and uh, it was in the middle of the night, and these this I had this sort of Stuff coming at me. It said, "You got to do a web comic. You got to do a web comic. That's what you. you that's what. Because I was kind of looking for something to uh, work on to express myself to, uh, and I couldn't quite pin it down. And the web comic was coming and it, it, to me, and and it's got to be absurd. And that was, and I was like really charged up, even though I was lying in bed, can't couldn't sleep, and I was sick. But uh, I, I immediately started exploring the possibilities of, you know, okay, an absurd web comic, but what, who's it about? What are the characters? What is it? I, I don't know. I don't have anything, right? Except this idea. And, and, and but it really felt like you got to do this. You have to do this, Larry. And, and so, um, was so, it was a skeleton. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> you must fool. <laughs> So I was under the uh, command of the skeleton or whatever, and I, I, I um, was exploring for it was maybe two weeks. I'm trying to, I'm doing little sketches, I'm doing this. And every now and then I'd look back at my book of imaginary comic book covers where I had this one cover in there that wasn't like a, you know, Silver Age superhero thing or, or horror or whatever. It was like uh, someone had reprinted, like a Dell reprint. Of Mutton Jeff or some old, you know, co comic strip from the newspapers, right? And it was called Flapjack Alley. And I kept looking at this picture. And so um, I'm looking at that. And, 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 and then I'm also at the same time, I'm, I will, names will come to me anytime. And I go, oh, 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 they're revved up. And, 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 your house is just full of notebooks you're just like oh just anywhere anywhere i can just it literally yeah, things like written down on walls and and whatnot i keep the spiral like industry i keep the spiral industry in business i do and uh larry you uh, took so. notes on your piece of toast just, just <laughs> carved it in there so i, 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 I put notes on my breakfast so I'm writing down. I'm writing down uh, names that come to me, and I put them in the notebook. And these three names came all at once: Wooner, Hayfog, and Professor Midius. Only it was faster than that. Wooner, Hayfog, and Professor Midius. Wooner, Hayfog, and Professor Midius. And I wrote it down. And then, uh, and I thought, you know, I like the. I don't know why they just they just came to me and they did something. Where did they come from? Yeah. I don't know. So so then. 
I, I decided to look again at that comic book cover, right? And I looked at it and I went, Wooner, hey, Fog, there's Professor Midius. And the next thing I know, all those people on that cover are the characters in this comic that I'm creating called Flapjack Alley. So it's this, from five years ago, this comic book cover dictated what I was doing now. So I, the way I figure it is, the comic book cover was <clears throat> me tapping into the future. Okay. Yeah. And I, and I drew that and then, and then here it is now. So now I, I'm like, I did a six page story. I've been, I've done a series of one pages, one page gags kind of. Um, and they're, um, they're in the like old, you know, old school, uh, retro funnies kind of category. Like comics. Yeah, it's it's yep. more like family circus than far side for sure. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Well, well, I don't know about family circus. Um, uh, these these are, I mean, this is they're pretty weird. I mean, they're actually pretty weird. They're it's it's an absurd. I mean, I mean it, the 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 art style. I I mean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, it, 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 it's uh, it's retro absurdity. And uh, the next thing I know, I'm 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 doing uh, you know. This uh, flapjack alley comic strip, basically, and I've got this this gang of characters, and uh, and I've just been obsessed with it, just totally obsessed with. It. Wow! Yeah. All because, and all of that happened in the month since you were supposed to be on the show. When you right. were gonna come on the show, there was no flapjack alley other than the one page fake cover. That you did for Great Scott, the rare imaginary comic book covers of Larry Blamire. That's right. all that existed one month ago, and now it right. is your current obsession. I, I yeah, I know. Amazing. I've done thirteen pages, and and sometimes I'll do um, a one pager in in one day. I write it in the morning, lay it out, do the panels, type in the you know do the do the the words, the dialogue. Do the talk balloons, draw the uh, draw over the initial sketch with the final drawing, mm -hmm. and then color it in. And I'll do it all in one day, which which has uh, which kind of exhausts me, but it's kind of exciting too. It's it's kind of neat to start the day not having it, and by the end of the day, it exists. A, a full yeah, that is very gratifying. It's got to be. Um, yeah, the, the there's a lot of polish in this in this project. Whereas you, you know, you said that all the stuff, the whole point of still at large and, and the, and that ilk is to be as, as rough as possible. And you're not worried about it and it's fun and it's freeing and all that stuff. You are clearly putting a lot more effort into this to, to get that level of polish up so that it, you know, it looks more like what it was supposed to be, what it's basically parodying, which is just the best. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the best part of that great Scott book is that every single imaginary cover was in a totally different style you know you were doing all different things it didn't look like it was all larry blamire you were just you were just being a chameleon all yeah. the way through but now like it's interesting because just one of those now you're pigeonholed into the style so i'm wondering is is professor midian the guy with the white mustache yes professor midius yes midius <laughs> that's right midian that's where the demons dwell in uh, that's yeah what movie is that's that? nightbreed nightbreed yeah the yeah. professor midius uh is uh what are the other names wooner and Hayfog. these are the hey first two names that came to me yeah Hayfog is the guy you've seen with the with the stovepipe hat 
That was my guess. Yes. Is oh, Wooner the little kid? I should have let you guess. I'm sorry, man. Is, is Wooner the little kid with no. the pointy hair? No. Okay. Anybody else? Wooner is the uh, guy with the, uh, you might see a guy with a brush, uh, must, with a sort of. Oh, the brush. The oh, brush the rake mustache. Actually, there's a sleepwalker who has kind of a brush stash too. So, but it's the uh, the guy with the derby. He's got a derby. He's sure. skinny, the oh. On the cover, he's going, hooray. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love I it. Think, I think what is super interesting about like the, you know, kind of the the pathway that flapjack alley took is it is a great example of how scattershot the creative process can be you know Mm -hmm. not everything is like oh i had this idea from way back when and i always wanted to do it and i i you know made this comic because that's uh that's something that i wanted to do and you you know had this fully formed idea it's like you had this singular comic this funny joke this you know the beloved gang is back of a gang that nobody knows. Um, and that's just funny. And then, the, and then just like the kind of concept of, okay, you know, years later turning it into, you know, something that fits what you had in your head of like doing a web comic, doing a comic strip like that. And I think that's awesome. I think that's a really great thing for creative people to keep in mind that like, you don't always have to have the full idea. You don't even have to even realize it's not done. Like at the time you weren't, thinking flapjack alley needed to be more right but sometimes you just pull from your own yeah. like mythos your own random <laughs> you know own shit that you right. come up with and you're like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna turn this into something you know something extra you're absolutely yeah. right and i think uh the the uh the key for me is, is be open to it be yeah open to it. and you know it, i i was i would i was playing with some ideas of different projects i could work on should i go here should i go there um, but I was driven, I feel like, you know, I was driven at a certain location. I was given this, you know, I was given this. So, okay, I'm going to take that and run with it. Cause, cause it got me all charged up about it. So if I'm all like, you know, psyched and inspired, why, why, yeah, I'm not going to fight that, you know? And no. just, so be open to it. And, and, uh, suddenly, you know, something didn't exist and now it exists. And, uh, now I got to stop cause I got some gigs I got to do, um, uh, oh, you know the commission. Oh, gig commission work. So um, uh, you gotta you gotta keep them light lights on. So you know that's good. Yeah. So I got to do that. But then I'll uh, I look forward to getting back to uh, getting back to flapjack. Yeah. <clears throat> Heck yeah. That's really cool. It's, yeah. You know, it's it's so exciting. I love that. You know what Tim just said about you know it's like the it's like your own mythos, and uh, it's 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 the same sort of thing that you did with. Um, that first uh, Doc Armstrong, well, now the only Doc Armstrong uh, novel that you did, The Suburb at the Edge of Never, right. uh, which was the same sort of idea. You were just you're just cranking out these goofy fake novel covers that were in like the pulp mm-hmm. style of, of uh, you know, like the 40s and stuff. And you're just like cranking them out. And I remember watching that happen. It was like you did you did one and it was just a cover. And then within two weeks, you had like 25 of them or something. <laughs> it's so crazy. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to actually turn one of those into a real book. And so it's it's kind of yeah. like that. It's the same sort of idea. You're like, yeah, you know what? And it's funny. It's just whatever way the wind blows that day is, yeah. is the direction you go. And I think that that is just so awesome that you're so open to that. As, as a person who's so creative, it's like, yeah, no, I, I don't care. I will do whatever my muse tells me to do. Um, and run with it because the iron's hot right now 
and may, the wind's going to stop blowing this direction tomorrow. Maybe. Yeah. So I'm just going right. to get it all done tonight. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and just like feeling, not feeling uh, beholden to finishing the thing that you're currently working on. Like if you have a good idea, just pivoting or shifting gears or just jumping ship can be okay you know like you said like the creative spark yeah. is good to to harness so you know sometimes that can also be the feeling of like oh but i'm working on this one thing i should really finish this one thing mm -hmm. um but like if your heart's not in it and your heart's somewhere else like going for that is uh is really fun and exciting yeah. uh yeah i'm i'm very excited to read yeah. the flap yeah. strips so i do you plan on doing like a like a kickstarter or you're going to find a publisher for this oh that's a good question uh I, I don't know. I'm still putting out feeling. I I feel I, I I'm figuring that I will sort of um, feel my way around and um, continue to create content because I want to have. I've got to have a backlog if I'm going to do a web comic. What right. I thought of doing yep. was maybe um, uh, a subscription idea like pay, Patreon. Sure. Um, I I haven't. One of those, I, I don't. I've got to look into it some more, and maybe there's a you know five dollar a month subscription, and then you get so many pages a month, and mm -hmm. um, and then try to you know generate interest that way. Um, and eventually, have I'd love it to be you know a comic book or or a book or a big book, a, a book of them somehow, physical media, mm. uh, but I don't. Uh, I'd rather not publish this one myself. I'd rather this one. I would like the web comic to, to get an audience, and then yeah. maybe see if I can shop around and uh, find a publisher for it. Yeah, I'd like somebody else to do that. You know? Yeah, yeah, because I know a lot of web comics, like you know the XKCD and Cyanide and Happiness and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know if they would upload. I think their gimmick was doing a new comic every day. Um, but you know, those things obviously have gone on to be collected into all kinds of physical books and stuff like that. And I could definitely mm -hmm. see Flapjack Kelly doing the same thing, yeah. but yeah, I think a Patreon's a great idea. Um, that's, yeah, I'd that's, be in. that's really cool. Yeah, cool totally. Well, Patreon. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you think, uh, from that great Scott is, was there any other one that was kind of like the, just itching at the back of your brain that you thought maybe someday we can actually. Yeah, book? No, I don't think so. In fact, I mean, I really never thought any of any of them in those terms at all, um, because it was like once, once you've got the the absurd gag of it, and it looks you know it looks kind of real and it and it's silly. Once you've got that, I I don't I think it's like I I would think of it as belaboring the joke. Right. This is a little different because it. Um, it's taking this group of characters and, and bringing them to life beyond the gag of this, this old group of comic characters, the gang being, you know, back. Um, it, it goes beyond that gag and becomes um, uh, something that is, that is developed. I just don't see any of the others having that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, you accidentally created this perfect outlet for you to have all these different weird absurdist interactions and it's just like you you didn't even plan for that you know it's just you're like uh, okay i'm gonna create an entire cast 
of these nonsense characters that will mean nothing. And then they ended up meaning something and uh, their purpose became clear later. I think it's just super, well, super, I, super cool. Oh, thank you. And I, I'm glad I, uh, I mean, I had, <laughs> I intentionally gave them a lot of variety when I created that original cover. I wanted to, you know, just everything but the kitchen sink, every kind of character. Yeah. Of it. And even right. this, uh, you know, wise guy cat. And I love, yeah, I was going to say, that. I was going to ask about the cats. Like, you have yeah, the, one cat. the cat over here. That cat, <laughs> that cat is named um, in the strip where he's referred to as Schrodecker's cat. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. A strange character. Strange so character. Again, again, I know, again, we're like, yeah, Schrodecker. That, that's it. That's it. Schrodecker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the cat guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it. And there's there's certain things in the strip. I, I mean, I've only done 13 pages, uh, one six pager and the other one pages. But right. um, I, I I don't explain anything. I let them sort of perfect come to life as they go. You know, it's like in the movies. You know, action action defines character, and that's I, I rather than going. You know, here's these backstories. Here's why he's like this and why the no no nothing like that. I don't want to do right. that. I'll, Show don't tell. I'll, Right. Just yeah. It's just all in the moment. The yeah. moment is no, the right. only thing that matters. Right. You don't have to worry about do I know the backstory? You know, yeah, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I am I am I at the starting line with all the information I need to have? It's like no, don't worry <laughs> about it. Just go. There's no alpha, there's no omega. We're just stuck at like I don't know, like Upsilon or something. There's no Mark Tacascos. <laughs> no Mark Tacascos. Uh which is a running joke if I had published the pregame show, but which you might so you might not. not. If not, then you guys have no idea why I just <laughs> no, they definitely don't. So Larry, just really quick, this made me think of, and I asked you about this today. I, I had actually thought you put this out, but you had done a whole bunch of these imaginary superheroes too, and you'd posted all these out. And I was just wondering if there was any chance that you might go back to that and uh, release that in some form. Uh, it's one of those, you know, yeah, you, you have one of those things where you go, you you, you just come across a file. When you're among your all your sure. files and work and go. Uh, oh, you don't like those? <laughs> oh, those are great. Those are so great. Uh, you know what? Every well, single one never, of those. You know, it's. Uh, I gotta get back to it. someday. I gotta get back to it. Oh, oh good. Okay. Oh, good. You're, good. You're, you're just like kind of. I thought it was shame. I thought you were doing shame there. No, yeah. oh, no, no, no. No, it's it's painful. Like oh, okay. all that work, and I never put the book out, and and it needs to be. It needs to be kind of put together and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I felt it was, I think I did 60 of them and they were, and I thought it's kind of a skimpy book because it's just, I don't know. It's like one, it would be one per page. I do it small format, I think, like mm -hmm. the size of my playbooks or something. And just have it in color, of course. But 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 they, they each superhero or supervillain has a blurb. But it, felt, mm -hmm. it feels a little thin to me. I, I don't know. I almost considered putting them, in the same book with the absurd comic book covers, the imaginary covers. But then I, I realized that would be kind of cross purposes and it just didn't, it, it was a bad fit. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. That, you know, someday I, hopefully I'll, uh, I just, I don't want to waste them. So I'll do something. Yeah. I hope you put them out. I, I, I was having a lot of fun yeah. with those when, uh, well, when you were posting them and they really did feel like characters from the tick, <laughs> like they could be characters from the tick. They were like, yeah. very, very good. I mean, to me, that is the best superhero parody i don't think like anybody who's ever done superhero parody in a funny way has ever come close to the tick for me as uh just at all uh especially yeah. the, the the version that was on fox kids in the 90s that 
honestly, that that, that cartoon show is just legendary. Hilarious. I thought that was great. Oh my yeah. god, just I so incredibly show. funny. And the the drawings, I, the drawings, your drawings actually really evoke that style, that Ben Edlin style, because huh. he really he had silly eyes and silly mouths and stuff, but his proportions were all very kind of real. He didn't, yeah, like you know, realistic, of, like well drawn. Yeah, like fairly well drawn. Yeah, anatomies, and he had like a good way about that. But he would do silly yeah. cartoon faces. But um, I don't know. I, your your stuff actually reminds me a lot of him. You know, you're, you're making now. You're making me want to revisit. I have not seen those since the nineties. Do I think I it. I <laughs> and and immediately I'm thinking armless but not harmless. Yes, armless uh, but not harmless. That's right. It's, yep. it's just. Uh, he's great stuff. I love little wooden boy. I love little wooden boy. He's the greatest sidekick <laughs> of all time. Um, good stuff. No, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. We can stop with the tick, but it was great. And uh, you, you just absolutely remind me of that. But um, so there is one more thing we wanted to talk about tonight. Um, when I asked you to come back on, I, you know, I was like, oh, is there some like retro topic we can talk about? And you said, hey, how about, you know, I did this, uh, this, this other career back in the, uh, back in the eighties, back when I uh, used to write for the stage. This is how you talk in my head. You're like, hey, hey, Steve, hey, how you doing? I'm Larry Blamay. I'm Larry Blamo. That's no, not, really, <laughs> not really true. Um, but yeah, you, you wrote for the stage. You were a, a playwright. I don't know if you are still a, are a playwright, but you were. You were. I I uh, I, I, I were. In fact, I was. I was and I were. I, and sometimes I you I am. I am. Sometimes I am. Sometimes I am what I am. You know, yeah. I uh, I actually wrote a play called Mila's Comet, uh, a farce, um, a few years ago, and uh, um, had a lot of fun doing that. But I'm kind of. It's kind of an area that I'm not involved in. I wrote that. I don't even know why I did. I just wrote it for fun. But um, and I have another. I I, I have a plan. I want to turn a screenplay of mine called the restroom. I want to turn it into a play because it's one location. I'll take place in the diner. So that's another thing on my list to get to. You know, I got to get to it. But um, so I don't. I, I don't really. I don't like call myself a playwright. Like I mean, it's in my bio. I mean, because I am a playwright. I've written. Yeah. I mean, I still get residuals from Robin Hood every year. So, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, royalties, royalties um, mm. from Robin Hood every year. So, uh, so hell yeah, I'm a playwright. So yeah, so sure. yeah, but damn right. I'm not actively yeah. writing plays right now. You know, gotcha. But that was a that was, I'm sure, a magical chapter in the life of Larry back, <laughs> when, back when you were uh, living in our neck of the woods in 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 Boston, Mass. You know, over here. Boston, yeah, and um, Boston. yeah, because I well, I started acting. I mean, I got into acting simply because it looked uh, like, oh, I can do that. And, uh, and I, I tagged along with one of my roommates, who, a bunch of us live in, in JP, and uh, <laughs> and one of them was an actor, and he nice. and, I, and I said, let me see some of this acting, you know. And I went with him to an audition, and I um, and I. I thought, you know, I could, I could do this. So I called the director. I knew him, you know, and, and got, uh, got an audition and I got the part and I started acting. So I'm acting. And then I, uh, that led to writing and directing, starting with a, the first play I ever wrote and directed was a, a, a dark Western called In the Nations. And, mm. 
that's one I haven't. I want to get to that some someday. It needs a little bit of a tweak, a little rewrite, I think, and then I'd like to put that in the book. Um, so that started it. Cool. Robin Hood was 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 a very popular one. We did that outdoors. I played Robin Hood, and um, nice. It was a blast. Uh, I didn't direct that because I was playing Robin. Crazy, but uh, you're, you're and, and Robin Hood. Robin Hood got published, and it's still done to this day. And I mean, it's yeah. done in it actually was published in '91, I think. Wow. And ever since then, every year, somewhere, schools somewhere in the world do put it on. It's um, not and not just schools either. Uh, that the, the the big theater in the Hampshire's uh, in the in the, in the uh, Western Mass. What's the Berkshire's? Are uh, you uh, the 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 one at the Clark? Berkshire. Uh, so well, there's 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 one at uh, Williamstown that I know. That's, that's it, Williamstown. Yeah. They did they did Robin Hood a couple of years ago. That was that was really cool. But um, but it's done it's done quite a bit, and mostly it's done by schools. It's a perfect thing for schools to do. So it's it's so interesting to me learning about this some years ago. Uh, I we we were trying to go to the Williams Williamstown one and. Uh, Tim, do you remember this? We went there and I had the date wrong. Yep. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> it's like a two and a half hour drive from my house. Oh, no. so <laughs> we got all the way out there. It's like, oh. we were like, oh, Robin Hood. And uh, this was a long time ago. And uh, they're like, yeah, no, it's next weekend. And I'm like, oh, my God. But I'm, I'm here today. Yeah, so we, it, it's lovely out there. Uh, we go up the Mohawk Trail to get, get there. But it was... Uh, it's not anyway. the first time he screwed up a date. No, I, <laughs> it's, it's really not. Fun. It's not even. You'd uh, think I would be better at these things. And the, and the time that Joe's talking about, you know, we made like lifelong friends. So like, yeah, we made best friends. Yeah, so whatever. Just, I mean, just like, keep, yeah. keep doing it. it, it man. Yeah, out. you got a gift. Should be thinking. <laughs> um, so I have a I have a story about Robin Hood. Uh, in addition to that one, so uh, in 2019, my wife and I were um, in Colorado on vacation where it was our it was our 10th wedding anniversary and we were at a little cafe somewhere in Colorado as we were very much driving around and we ended up going into Utah later but we were in Colorado this is our last day in Colorado and we uh we're in this coffee shop and we're like waiting for our coffee and I walk over to the like cork board of like current events and what do I see but a flyer for Robin Hood the play by Larry Blamire? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. And I remember Larry, I sent you a picture of it. I don't know if you remember, but I, I, I couldn't I believe it. Yeah. Uh, it was great. And we I we wanted to go. And it's like, okay, where is it? Oh my God, it's in New Mexico. Oh my God, it's today. Oh my, oh my God, God, that's oh. not the state we're in at all. <laughs> it's gonna take, it was going to take us seven hours to get to where they were putting on the play. And we're like, okay, this is literally impossible. I don't know why the flyer was so far north. Yeah, really? But, uh, like, why is it in a I mean, Colorado friggin'? No idea. That, that's what? Pretty, they're being pretty hopeful, aren't they? It was so crazy. I, I just the it felt like. Far. Spread the flyers wide, yeah. you know. Big net, going for a big be free, net. be free, young flyers. You make your way in the world. Tack yourself right. against anything that you find. Um, so I just uh, that was just the craziest That's thing. Funny. But this yeah. this play, uh, for those interested, there are 
a lot of versions of this on YouTube. They're all high school productions of Robin Hood by Larry Blamire. They all have your name on it. And there are actually a ton. And uh, so I was able to actually uh, watch some of the play. I watched I like the, the first act of like three different versions and stuff. And it was really fun to see. You start to get into the, the rhythm of the joke if maybe somebody did it a little bit better than someone else. And, yeah. and uh, it, it was it was fun. But so this has got to be one of your all time biggest hits, right? I mean, I would think. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's certainly uh, of, of any of the plays I, I wrote, that was the most commercial and um, and successful in that way. And uh, I mean, it's a very it was a very mainstream f thing for me to do. I mean, I wrote um, I started with In the Nations in Boston and then Robin Hood. And then I did a play called Interface, a science fiction thriller, which was like my way of doing an Outer Limits on stage. Oh, and, cool. Um, but then I did something called Jump Camp, which was a dark comedy that was just uh, so, you know, really crazy with its own language, a crazy language, its own, you know, I mean, it was, it was pretty off the wall. And the theater company I was with, some people didn't even want to do the play. And, and, um, but, it, but it did really well. Uh, but it was not, you know, it didn't go uh, beyond Boston. I mean, that was the, the thing you, you, you kind of, Boston was great for theater and not so great in other ways. Cause it, you didn't really go anywhere from there. Mm. Um, but it was, but as a, as a place to work and learn craft and, and especially I was, I, we were working outdoors when we worked at the open door theater in Jamaica plain, this is a Jamaica pond it, in this, in this meteor crater, a natural bowl in the ground with a lot of foliage. The audience would sit at the, at the bottom of it and, mm -hmm asked you know everything would happen at the other end of the bowl as we called it and and it was all these foliage and trees and stuff and and uh, we had to carry light heavy light poles up and down the hill we did everything you know everybody worked no there was no room for laziness and it was a great way to learn everything about theater because you had to do everything yeah you mm -hmm. wear all the hats right yeah we we're all wearing all the hats and and, and getting, fired. getting down in the dirt mm -hmm. and uh I mean, in the nations, um, I wrote for the bowl because I mean it was it was about an outlaw uh, outlaw gang in their last days, kind of mentally decaying outlaw gang, and uh, and uh, and there's a real campfire. You know, you can't beat that. The audience is 20 feet away from this real campfire. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's oh, like right in your face and right um, immerses the audience and everything. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. So Boston was, you know, I I, I loved it. I mean, I love the whole uh, the, the people that I met and worked with and lifelong friends. I mean, my friends, you know, uh, Bob DeVoe and Brian Howe and Susan McConnell. Oh, wow. That I work with in my movies. So we all worked in. in oh, theater. you're dropping names like they're hot, Larry. Susan McConnell. That's awesome. Our own beloved Lattice, of course. And, and, of course. Uh, and, and Thessaly from uh, Dark and Stormy Night and so on. She, her first play was Robin Hood. That was, I believe her first time on stage. Wow. Um, so it was, uh, it was a great experience. Boston theater was great. Yeah. Nice. So that's interesting. That's, that's kind of the genesis of the Skelecrew, or at least the beginning, the some part of them anyway. These are, these are all people, you know, you just mentioned three people yeah. that ended up being in Lost Skeleton years later. Um, that's amazing. That's, and, and, you know, I was wondering about that because, uh, one of the, so you, you can buy four, four, uh, plays you have 
released as like books. Yes. Um, which are up on your Lulu store. If you look up, you go to lulu.com and you look up Larry Blamire, you'll find him. Um, and you have Jump Camp, which you mentioned. You also have, I I, I assume it's pronounced Wyo. 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 Yeah. A Western, right? No, Wyo uh, was a, uh, uh, the Wyos were a notorious Irish uh, gang in New York City in the 1800s. I became fascinated oh. with 19th century New York gangs. They were extremely yeah. colorful. Um, and uh, I, I, and the Wyos, something interested me about them, and I did a fictionalized version of, of, of the Wyo gang, but as a sort of Jacobean tragedy. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sort of fashion as a revenge tragedy. It's very dark and very violent and a large cast. It almost got done at Gloucester stage company, except um, Israel Horovitz finally, because uh, that was his, his theater, the late Israel Horovitz, who uh, uh, was very encouraging. Uh, he, he had put it on the schedule and then decided that with a cast that big, he said, we just they just couldn't do it, you know. So he commissioned me to do another play instead, which is how I came up with the one called the Chroma Line, and that one right. is published also, which is the only autobiographical thing I've ever oh wow ever written. So those three, plus one more, Bride of the Mutant's Tomb, yes. also on there, um, which I'd like to talk about briefly. But I know Joe, you had a question. Oh yeah, I mean you. Uh, almost answered it uh, already. So I was just, I was wondering in, in the beginning of the book, in the introductions, you mentioned the birth of Lattice and Crowbar, um, which I was very happy about. Um, so were, were you planning on reusing those characters for skeletons? Oh, no. No, I didn't even know. No, when I wrote Bride of the Mutants Tomb, there was no such thing as Lost Skeleton. I mean, I, I, there was no concept of Lost Skeleton. Yeah. Um, that came years later. Uh, when I wrote Bride of the Mutant's Tomb, it was uh, in the late '80s. There was kind of a flourishing of Ed Wood stuff, and, and there were there were screenings of Ed Wood. Ed Wood, you know, movies would show up at, at um, the Brattle Theater or something, you know, and, <laughs> and, you know the art houses would show them. And, yeah, and, um, and I was fascinated. But uh, my, I and my friends, we, we loved going. I mean, these 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 movies were, were they were hilarious. And, but there was also something fascinating about Wood, and um, and I didn't even know much about him except because uh, later there were bios and stuff. But um, but here's a guy who just he just he just went at it and he just did his thing. And he made he made these movies. He was passionate about them. He was invested yeah, he really in hard. And yeah, yeah, you know, and <laughs> and, um, and I don't care what you say. Plan Nine is one of the most entertaining movies you could see. I mean, it really is entertaining, and it. It's right. I can think of a lot of, you know, movies uh, that Hollywood cranked out that I'd ra I'd rather sit through Plan 9 because they're, you know, it, it's more Oh, I fully agree. Right. It's, From an yeah. entertainment factor, it's like I mean, I'm I'm spending my time well. If I'm going to compare Plan 9 from Outer Space to Black Adam starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> and in terms of just sheer entertainment value, I mean, Plan Nine just just wins in spades, right? And uh, um, and I got the idea of uh, you know here we had this outdoor space, the bowl, open door theater, yeah, like a 
to make a pun. And I thought um, that, you know, what about writing a play about a guy kind of like Ed Wood, only he's got a different name, mm-hmm. um, a fictionalized Ed Wood, trying to desperately to finish his movie against the clock and against money running out. And they don't have money anyway. And, um, and this ca- colorful sort of cast of characters, um, including a kind of a Bela Lugosi type, I called him Franz Kessler, who's sort mm-hmm. of the Lugosi-ish character. Um, and I loved, absolutely loved the characters in Plan 9 of um, Eros and Tana. Mm-hmm. And they, they were the inspiration for... I, I've never been... I, I don't think I've ever had characters as directly inspired as they were for uh, Lattice and Crowbar. Um, I mean, yes. they really were. That was a direct inspiration. No question. The manner of speech. And I was fascinated yep. by the Ed Wood speak. And um, and so anyway, I wrote this 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 play to do out, outdoors. And I was doing, um, I didn't, uh, um, I didn't direct it. There was uh, Perry Barton directed. He there was a fellow with, with the Old Door Theater Company, Perry Barton, who was a, a great talented um, set designer and and, uh, and director. And he latched onto what he loved. He was he just had to do it. I was busy doing, um, I was acting on stage in various things and I couldn't do it. And he was, he was just, um, uh, uh, so, so into it and, and, uh, loved the material. And he, and it was a great show. Brian Howe played the cameraman in it. And, uh, and I can hear, was, I yeah. can hear Brian Howe in that, because on the back of the book, you have some pictures from back right. in the day, from the original production, obviously. And there's Brian. There's young, little, fresh-faced Brian Howe, and he's holding the camera. And he's playing Buzz. And uh, oh my <laughs> he's, God, he's the wise ass. Very, he, he played it very wise ass, very dry. Like I'm here. Absolutely, here? hear it. He's the why am I here? Actual professional cameraman wondering why am I here on this stupid movie. And right, and right. Um, uh, and we had a wonderful. Um, uh, Courtney Skinner made a uh, created a, a wonderful uh, mutant costume, which was now the mutant. Of course, is a whole different thing from the mutant. It shouldn't be confused with the mutant in Lost Skeleton. That was a very different thing. Nor uh, the mutant that whose scat yeah, you're stepping in right yeah, now. This is uh, the character played by Franz Kessler uses the mutant as a weapon. This is a weapon, mm-hmm. and it was a and it was a uh, big uh, funnel shaped top heavy thing. And of course the script girl is the only one who could get in the costume. She ends up rolling down the hill and knocking the soldiers down like bowling pins. And it's really <laughs> pathetic. And, uh, and it was a hilarious people came back again and again to see the play. Oh was, man. Really, really awesome. only, if only there was a love to if, see. If, if only George Carlin would arrive with a, with a phone booth, I would just go right there. We could just Tra- check it travel out. over the yeah. phone line. <laughs> for the circuit's time, and what would we do? Yeah. I'm not going to save the future. I just want to catch that Bride of the Mutant nonsense. See what that. <laughs> <is about. laughs> it was a yeah. lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it's a lot of fun. It was a it was a really fun play to read. Um, the three of us all uh, have read uh, at least part of it, and uh, and Larry, if uh, if if I may be so bold, we we have a little bit of a a surprise for you. Oh, yeah. You got to just promise not to sue us. Uh, promise but, not to, uh, <laughs> to what? Promise not to what? Sue us. You can't sue oh, us. Oh, wow. 
fun. Um, fun. All right, <laughs> we're uh, we're almost at almost at time here, and I think this is a great way to uh, to end off this fantastic second appearance uh, in the yep. brig. So thank you so much again for coming in, and uh, we are gonna uh, do about two pages of Bride of the Mutants Tomb for you. About two pages, real quick. It's pretty quick. Um. So we've 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 gone over this and uh, a few times. So let's see how this goes. So uh, Joe we've is going to be playing for a we month, have, yeah, Larry. Month and a month <laughs> and a half because we started early. But yeah, right. Tonight uh, the the role of Harry will be played by Joe. The role of Owen will be played by Mister Eight Bit Blamire, and uh, I will be taking the ro- the dual role of both Rocky and Buzz. <laughs> Because <laughs> we don't have a fourth host. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. All right, Larry, you comfy? You comfy in that mutant shit? Oh, I'm gonna like. Comfy. You want to like bunch them up and put your feet up? I don't know. All right, here we go. <laughs> it's gonna be the best 24 seconds of your life. All right, <laughs> Joe. Whenever you're ready, you can start us out. All right. Okay, and action. Crabby, chlorine. Crabby Cole? Chlorine DeMumbo? Hi, I'm a policeman who thought there might be trouble. What are you doing? Calling people who are lost? Yes, officer. I'm glad to see you because that's just what I think. The people I was with are lost. Maybe worse. You speak in riddles. What's the problem? (laughs) And in English, please. Well, the problem is, I'm Rocky Taylor, and I don't know where Krabby and Chlorine are. Rocky Taylor of the Air Authority? You heard of me? Yes, and you take and enlist me under your command. Your explanation is enough for me. Oh, Harry, I can't say this stuff. What? No offense, but this dialogue is awful. Harry, it's truly terrible, and in a new and strange way. God knows I've done terrible dialogue before but i worked and worked and worked on this at home until my wife thought i was having a breakdown but i wasn't having a breakdown i was just reading these lines owen trust me it tells a story does it does it convey anything beyond serious mental disorder you know you know how this works it's in the ending and in the ending room it all comes together yeah, you need raw materials, though. This is pretty raw. Plus, it's science fiction that is strange and new and on the edge of tomorrow. Tomorrow? Please, just have faith in me this one time. All right. I, I'm sorry. Let's let's go on. That a boy. Still rolling? We never stop. We're always rolling. Action. And scene. And scene. Oh, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> wonderful job. Wonderful job. Truly <laughs> no, wonderful. wonderful. It was kind of fun to hear those words again. I haven't heard those words in a while. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hot minute. That's, that's good. That's good. Rocky Taylor, Chlorine. See, Chlor- see in the scene, Chlorine is the future of Blamire naming. You have a lot of like, <laughs> f- like Rocky. Okay, uh, okay, Krabby Cole. That's a pretty fun name to say. Krabby's like no one's name's Krabby, but well, I started. Chlorine is Chlorine de Mambo. Oh, I man. started 
I in Jump Camp before this play in Jump Camp I was I had uh, names Ocus Specials, Pointy Pointers, Roy Vogus, Finny Sticks. So I was already starting. Oh boy, you yeah. were yeah, you were already you were starting early. The the, the one thing I wanted I didn't mention about Bride I wanted to do and it seemed to work was to to humanize it. Um, because it was, he, he, I mean, it was kind of, you know, there was a lot of laughing stock kind of thing, you know, there was these golden Turkey awards and all this. And it was, oh. it was okay. And, you cut uh, out there for a second. You're talking about Ed or Bella? Ed Wood. Oh, Ed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to humanize him, um, a little bit because it was so much of, uh, uh, in the way of ridicule. I wanted to balance it a little bit by, you know, by getting across it. He was a real guy trying to, you know, mm -hmm. trying to do his thing there. Anyway, thank you for that. That was really, uh, that was fun. Oh, no good. Nice. I'm happy. It was we fun. had fun. Yeah, that was fun. Um, yeah, just real quick on Ed Wood. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think the thing that, that gets me about him is, uh, you know, he was he was just the, the consummate fan, right? He was like the, the original fanboy who just so bad wanted to be a part of the thing that he loved so much. Yeah. Yet he, he so completely lacked all ability to do any facet of any of the parts of the thing that he loved so badly, but it didn't stop him from trying. He tried so, so hard. And, uh, you know, then he just had to write softcore porn and, you know, Hey, it's bad too. So he wasn't good at that either, but you know, he was always uh, always trying to keep them lights on, and I, I really I really loved his passion and what yeah. a fan he was. Oh, he was. I mean, that's a good way to put it. He was a fan, and um, and and that was uh, I'm sure you know he was and he was a Lugosi's fan, and that was a, I'm sure a thrill for him. But but you know what? I think he did the best. I think the best thing he ever did, skill wise, was his performance in Glen or Glenda, which is so? low key and very real. It's very genuine. It's he doesn't. That could have been hammy and overacted, like a lot of the people in you know in Plan Nine are. Um, right. But but he he plays that part in Glen or Glenda very low key, and and uh, by doing by keeping it low key, he keeps it real. I think it's it feels real more than the other actors in the movie. Oh yeah, he he lets he lets Bela pull the string, pull the string. Right, right. <laughs> he goes over the top and then some. He's just yeah. stratosphere, that yeah. Lugosi. But um, well, Larry, it's been a it's been a blast having you back on, and I, I hope you come back again someday when uh, hopefully, hopefully, Steam Wars comes out in a graphic novel um, as originally planned. Right? Is there st is that still? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the uh, things are um, the company that's putting it out uh, was was doing some restructuring. Uh, they're now prepping for uh, uh, sales of the uh, of the actual physical. Oh, excellent! Graphic novel book that you can hold in your hands. Yes, so, uh, very soon, very soon. Excellent. Yeah, that is uh, that is something that we are hotly anticipating. And uh, you know, I never got to read the the. It's because you released it years ago digitally. I never got to read them. There were pages uh, that no, I no, no digital, no, no. Yeah, no. I need. I got hungry hands. I got hungry, hungry hands. They need. They need stuff, books, and such, and 
pizzas, various things. But uh, yeah, no, this is this is something that we've all been looking forward to for for yeah. quite some time. So that was your originally like we've been trying to plan your second appearance for so long that originally it was going to be Steam Wars we're right. going to talk about, and then it turned into still at large and then a month goes by and now it's flapjack alley so if we waited another two days i don't know it might be something else but uh i'm happy that we got to cover all the things we did and i don't know if you get to talk about the stage enough but i hope it was fun reliving those those times yeah very very interesting stuff um this career you had and it's i always thought it was it was very cool that you started you know in our neck of the woods and uh and it's interesting i i had no idea about you know brian starting here and i knew susan was from here i had learned that at some point along the way but uh, susan's from well by way of belfast yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> she's somewhat scottish um very very cool um guys you have uh anything for larry before he gets on out of here uh, i think i'm good yeah just thanks a lot for being yeah. here larry Thank it's you. uh thanks it's for always been really fun yeah, I, uh, I had a blast. I will never be back. No, I'm <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It's it was the butchery. Oh, it was the butchery of bride that uh, that damn that damn bride butchery. Why did we do that? God damn it! Um, well, thank you, thank you guys for having me. It really it's really fun to be on here. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, my last question. I just have one more. Is there? You probably get this a lot, but is there any chance that you will ever? work for the screen again is there any chance of another another oh, blamire movie there's always that, that chance there's always that chance um um it depends on um what i'm working on at the time and where the money is and are they in the same location right um, fair enough so yeah. it's you know i mean that's the thing these movies take money and uh and you know we'll see Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. I think personally, with your with what I know of your love of because you you're a fan just like it would only you're very competent, but you're a fan of all these different genres that you celebrate and you yeah. make your comics and you make your movies and you know you're making parodies of genres that you adore you know fifties sci fi and such and whatever. I I have to say, Larry, if you never if you never make a western, it there will be a part of me that is forever incomplete. You need to make a Western. I know. Well, it can be a comedy. Well, that that can, play that you had done right. way back when would be awesome to see. Right. You know? It could be dead serious. It could be funny. I just think you would, you have such like a love. I know you do a, such a love, an intense love. You know who I was talking about this with a mutual friend of ours, Mr. Scott Clevenger. Hey Scott, I know you're listening just the other day and uh yeah he was he, we were just talking about westerns and and how you're just i'm like i don't know how he does how because you wrote the two calamo books i'm like my god the the things that you worked into those stories are things i've never heard of in anything in any capacity in any shape or form like so many things in those books and he's like well you know this is scott of course talking i'm doing scott now Scott says, you know, this is my California accent. He says, <laughs> he says, well, you know, Steve, uh, it's because he's uh, such a fan of uh, these things. And he just, he just knows, uh, knows it all. Cause he's seen it all. And I'm like, wow, Scott, that is, that is true. <laughs> that is true. So anyway, uh, Blamire Western. If, if uh, and, and, and I was going to say, when you asked me about a Western, if I had my choice, um, I would uh, take three of, 
I'd like to adapt three of the Calamo Mountains horror stories. Oh my God. An anthology. That's what I would do. And hi, Scott, by the way. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yes, yes, I would love a, a Calamo Mountains movie. A uh, Calamo Mountains would be the great, yeah. you're making me misty. You're making me, you're making <laughs> instantly. I'm, I need to, I need to drink some booze here. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, that would be, that would be amazing. Well, We'll leave it there, Larry. Thank you one more one more time. We'll let you. I'll come on down there, let you out of the brig. Uh, please, you know, make sure you wipe your feet and check for any, any you know any micro cuts because you know that that scat, keep it a bop and a boopy. It gets everywhere. <laughs> I will. I'll keep it clean. All right. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks a lot. All right, Thanks a lot, Larry. Have a good one. And, thank yeah, you, Larry. Have a good one, Larry. And for all of you out there in the listening world, thank you so much for checking us out one more time in the brig. And uh, before we sail off into that horizon, I'd like to thank Larry and Nintendo and Apit, Blamire, all the Blamires, the whole Blamire crew here. And from all of us to all of you, keep those skeletons on the inside and those eyes pointed up at the stars. Good night. Hey, look at that one's so bad. I did hey, nice. Oh, Dude's a technical wizard. Look, I gotta warn you guys. I gotta warn you guys now. I got you know, I got that lingering uh COVID uh cough, right? So mm-hmm. I've just been pretty good today though. So I might not, you know, I might have to stop us for a coughing jag or something. No problem. Or yep. at some point I might have to go and uh hawk up a lunga. Okay. Oh, so I, don't know. I don't know when that's going to happen. I can't tell. What do you, you do with those? Do you save them? Jeez. Do you save them to sell on Etsy? Do you have a Lunga store? <laughs> Lunga. <laughs> Lungas by Larry. Oh my God, Larry's Lungas. That's oh, Larry's Lungas. that's the name of the episode. Right Lamar coming up with the zingers. <laughs> oh my God. For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.